Hello and welcome to WN35 Music Podcast. We are on to episode four. I'm joined, as always, by Kieran Makin and James McNeil. Say hello, boys. Good morning. Good morning. It is still the morning, just we have got Jay up the right time of 12 o'clock today. And we're joined, of course, by, uh, well, say of course, because you, you've not met her yet. We're joined by Ailsa. Uh, Ailsa, nice to, nice to have you on the podcast. Uh, looking forward to it. Ah, it's an absolute pleasure. So we're going to segue straight into our first topic, and this is one that me and Kia are actually quite looking forward to, and it's about bandwagoners and overplayed song. Uh, Kia, I'm going to pass you over, uh, pass it over to you for the bandwagoners bit, uh, just t- so you can explain a little bit of why why this is a topic and kind of why it's come up. Well, actually, I don't, I don't I'm not sure why it came up. It just came up when we did our uh, encore podcast a couple of weeks ago, didn't it? I think we were on about something and it just springs something in your mind and you said, oh, I want to do this topic. And we sort of glossed over it a little bit, but didn't want to get too carried away because we wanted to save it for this episode. Um, basically, we're going to be discussing or debating or agreeing, we might even agree with each other about bandwagoners and overplayed songs. And, you know, if there's such a thing as a bandwagon or an overplayed song, or if it's even a negative thing that many people think it is. Um, so I've already seen Jay nodding there. And this, this, Oh, obviously <laughs> this is audio, so we're telling you stuff that's happening and you can't actually see it. Jay was not not in there when we said there is such a thing as a bandwagon uh, and overplayed song. Uh, I think it I think you were right, Key. I think it was me that, that brought it up in, in the episode and uh the encore, sorry, and it was around you know, when people say, Oh, they've got on that artist bandwagon and then that's now a valid excuse to stop liking that that artist and like you said it's almost like that person owns that artist and then somebody's jumped on the bandwagon but we kind of argued the point of it's all about sharing music but Jay I'm going to throw it over to you as to why you were kind of saying that there, there is such a thing as a bandwagon and maybe why it's maybe a bad thing you see I think there's such a thing as a bandwagon because like say with last year when Jerry Cinnamon like he's caught fire a lot of people like started listening to the song and like a lot of people talking about it but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Okay. Because, like, it is all about the sharing of music and sharing of experience. And if there's some sort of bandwagon, some sort of band or artists on a wave of momentum, then a load of people jumping on listening to their music just means that people have more in common to talk about, more in common to like, share that experience with. So I don't think it's a bad thing to have a bandwagon or a band or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a... Um... A, a, a valid argument. Uh, I'm going to bring our guest in, Ailsa. I don't know if you've got a kind of a, an opinion on whether a bandwagon is a thing, either a good thing or a bad thing, really. I don't think it's a bad thing, but I now feel very self-conscious about my Jerry Cinnamon mug that the listener won't be able to see that he's on my desk behind. He's <laughs> 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 just sat on there and it just says T is a belter on it and now I just feel a little bit attacked, to be honest. But... I mean, can we all agree that T is a belter? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. That's a good mug to it. It's a good mug to be her. <laughs> um, there definitely is like, there definitely is some sort of culture surrounding music that there are bandwagons that people just jump on when people are really popular for a couple of months and then they just sort of get forgotten about. But a lot of people think the Cortinas are just a massive bandwagon as well. Like quite a lot of my, I've had experiences where people are like, you just, you just obsessed over that song fallow field hillbilly and it's like well 
No, they've got more songs than that, but there is definitely some sort of culture and sort of judgment that does definitely come sometimes, depending on what you listen to. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I have to kind of agree with that. That people, I think people use it as almost like not as an insult, but a way of justifying why they don't listen to that band. It's like, oh, you're just part of that bandwagon. It's like, well, you just don't like their music. If you don't like their music, that that's what makes us different at the end of the day. I mean, I've always said it and i'll continue to say it i think the 1975 are absolute pap and uh you know that's just <laughs> that's just my opinion and i've probably upset 60 percent of the mancunian population by by saying that um but if they want to listen to it they want to you know give them their money and go to their concerts that's fine by me but you'll not see me there and i'm and, and if they want to be part of that band then you know, go ahead and be part of it, and and I don't, I don't know whether you can, uh, Key, kind of have that same, same opinion of people use it as an insult to kind of justify why they don't listen to a band. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think there's a fine line with both bandwagons and overplayed songs, um, and it's just basically echoing sort of bits and pieces what everyone's said so far. Um, I think. I, I, I'm not sure I agree with the word bandwagon because I, I think people getting interested and, you know, bands building the followership, if you like, is all part and parcel of the music industry, isn't it? You, who doesn't love a good success story? Like if, um, if you've been watching a band from the very beginning when they were playing small shows and you've been with them on that journey to where they are now, say if they go from small shows to, I don't know, headlining a festival, for example, um, Cortinas were a good example. What what Ailsa said. Um, I can also think of another example, which is Falls. They, I was thinking um, of a different. I, one, I watched them. Catfish in the Bottom is another example. If you wanted to kind of jump on that, you know they went from yeah, venues yeah, of hundred, two hundred to filling arenas. Exactly the same sort of uh, idea and and so sort of same uh, journey path, if you like. Um, so I, I'm not. I don't agree with the word bandwagon. It really bugs me. And people do use it as a as a um well yeah maybe an insult i suppose um but there is a fine line as well um in terms of like elsa said there's there's there's, uh people who will just do it because it's the cool thing to do for a couple of months and then just you know fall off fall off the wagon uh excuse the pun i think it's a pun anyway (laughs) um but what bugs me about it is um the the overarching thing is people who get protective over artists and it's like i've listened to this artist for 10 years or whatever and I was there from the beginning and I'm here now and you've all just jumped on you know like Cortinas who you know sold 50,000 at Heaton Park and sold out Lancashire Cricket Ground and stuff like that um but if if they're in it for the long haul if they become interested in Cortinas and they're in it for the long haul and they're not just going to drop off after doing a couple of gigs to say oh look at me I went to these gigs then I'm all for it really I'm I think watching a band grow and seeing them get success, especially when you can really connect to them, is, is a really cool thing. And just quickly, with all the played songs, again, there's a fine line. If it's a really, you know, big classic, like Wonderwall is the main example, isn't it? Everyone says Wonderwall is overplayed, but it's a classic song and it will, you know, live through the years. But then again, I know that overplayed songs, like a noise bands, like I'm a big fan of Reverend and the Makers, and they're quite, they're still quite a cult status band, really, who... You know, they don't get much radio play or, you know, anything like that. They're, they're not mainstream. They just have a cult set of fans who, who go watching them, like the hardcores, if you like. Um, and I know they get annoyed because heavyweight champion of the world is obviously the 
common song and that's the only song that gets played on the radio. And I know they get frustrated that that's an overplayed song because they know that and the fans know that they have other tunes that are worthy of radio play, yeah, but yeah. it just never happens. I mean, you know, you've made you've made a good a good point there with with overplay, but I think it was Noel Gallagher said, you know, people say Wonderwall is overplayed and it's not the best Oasis song, but it's possibly the Oasis song which has introduced more people to the band and to the rest of their back catalogue than anything else that you've got that they've got as well. So maybe an overplayed song is, you know isn't a bad thing after all i know from my point of view if it's a song that you don't like and it's from a band that you don't like you will kind of say oh yeah it's overplayed that you don't need to listen to it that's just because you don't want to listen to it but another one recently that people are talking about is the weekend's blinding lights i think it's a cracker of a tune uh, i think it's a proper proper toe tapper but there are other people that are disagree with me and i say it's overplayed and i want to bring it back to you else i don't know what what your opinion is on um on overplayed songs, is it whether again whether it's good or bad, really? I always just think a song's overplayed if I don't like it. Like I've <laughs> never a song that I like is overplayed. Like I think 1975 and 21 Pilots are ridiculously overplayed on the radio, and they're just always on, and they both sound, in my opinion, exactly the same. And but like I said, the blind blind by the lights by the weekend song for me is now just going to remind me of lockdown because the amount of TikToks people have been doing to it. So I feel like some sort of attachment to it. <laughs> like it's just going to remind me of <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, if you can associate a memory with a song, obviously then a song has a bit more importance to uh, Jay, we'll kind of use you to wrap up the old, uh, the old overplayed song section and the bandwagon section. We'll kind of put this one to bed. Uh, just want your opinion on overplayed song. Um, I don't really have one. Like, if people want to listen to the same song over and over again, do it because that's what I do. I always listen to like the same three songs for a week and then move on to like the next one for like a month or something. So, I cool listen to the same thing over and over. Enjoy it. There you go. There's nice your, and simple. Love it. There's your podcast top tip from Jay. If you like the song, just listen to it. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. I mean. My f- final point for me is if a song's at number one, it's earned the right to be at number one and it's earned the right to be played unless it's a 1975 and then it's not. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to move it on because uh, Ailsa brought up a quite a nice point actually about blinding lights reminding her of, of lockdown and it's probably going to, re- uh, as Jay's nodding away to it there, um, as, as we're telling you, he's nodding away from it as you listen to us uh, speak. Yeah, but there have quite been quite a lot of music that's come out in lockdown but has been um slightly different i'm going to hand this over to key actually because he's got some facts uh that we're all going to chip in on so key over to you my friend i'm just a fax man no No, um it's one of we always we always mention it but it's jay's boys in it the stockport five piece blossoms um yeah (laughs) stockport brothers represent um but yeah they've um (laughs) released a, a, a sort of um, covers album. It's called Isolation Covers. Um, if you just YouTube Blossoms in Isolation on or Spotify, it, then you can listen to them or what, actually watch them do these songs. And basically, they've, they've, they've covered a number of classics um, from home with instruments and other random household items. So 
sort of, uh, um, from what I've seen, I, I might have missed some off here, but the, the Coral's Dream and View, which is a great tune, Beatles paperback writer, and my favourite is the cover of Tim and Perla, um, The Less I Know The Better, with uh, Liverpool artist Miles Kane joining them as well. Um, so like I said, they use the, the instruments, you know, your guitars, your acoustic guitars, keyboards, all that jazz, um, and percussion instruments and stuff like that. But they also, the, if, if you watch the videos, it's sort of like um, flicking through different uh, clips of all the artists as it's going on. And um, there's, there's so many random household objects. I've probably missed some off here as well, but the ones that I saw from the less I know, the better was the percussion, uh, the drummer would be doing the percussion. Um, and, you know, one, one minute he'd have a drum, which is sound, but the next he's bashing a cardboard box, what he's found lying around the house, and uh, even a, a potato peeler. I'm sure there's more a, of a technical term than incredible. bashing a cardboard box when you're actually playing Well, the drum. yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the potato peeler um, was just, yeah, well, I think you said just before I came on, it reminded me of when Noel Gallagher had the scissors on stage and everyone, you know, give him a bit of stick for that but it's almost become a, a bit of a fan favorite but yeah the, the final sort of thing is i watched it on youtube and the top comment was the potato peeler is everything and that just you know stuck with me but give it a listen it's really good and i know um jay will have something to say about his brothers and you know see what people think of it i think it's great love it and I'm, I'm glad that musicians have you know i was sort of worried a little bit when we we started the podcast and then we did it the first one just before lockdown. I was like, Oh God, nothing's going to happen. Is it during lockdown? But it's actually, you know, opened up a whole new sort of music world, if you like. Yeah. Jay, have you got an opinion about your, your brothers, the blossoms from Stockport? Um, I might be slightly biased here. So, <laughs> so that's out there. I love it to death. And because they will be releasing it on CD and vinyl, I will be purchasing it straight away. Are you overplaying it? I will be overplaying it, yes. I might jump on the bandwagon for that. I think you should, mate. (laughs) Classic. It is is a good one. Uh, No, I've I've been listening to a few and, you know, it has been enjoyable, like you say, Key, that artists have have been doing that. I'm going to, I'm always, you know, Happy to bring in our guest, Ailsa, if, you, if you've been listening to The Blossoms or anything else that's kind of music that stood out in isolation for you, really. I, I did listen to all the isolation stuff that Blossoms do because I do really enjoy all the music they do anyway. But um, I've also really been enjoying, have you seen the listening parties that Tim Burgess has been doing? Yeah, I've done a, I've done a, a few. Actually. He's taught them um, to death. <laughs> no, I don't. No, they're great. Um, obviously, I don't want to steal the limelight away from Elsa, but I've done. I did the Be Here Now Oasis one, and I recently did the specials, and I did Kaiser Chiefs Employment as well. Um, well, I did the um, the one that I did properly and sat all the way through was Blossoms when they did uh, Foolish Loving Spaces, and that was really good. Um, I really enjoyed that. It was just I enjoyed the fact that it you found out stuff off artists that you might have never found out otherwise, like. Blossom said that the song Your Girlfriend, they got the idea for that by just typing in um, for like forum, I'm in love with my mate's girlfriend. And the whole song was this account of someone who obviously fancied his mate's girlfriend. They just signed a new lease for the house. He could hear her coming round, having a nice time with his girlfriend. And that is literally just everything. And he put it into the song. I was just like, you would have never found that out otherwise. It's like cool hearing all the different things like that. 
I think that is one of the best things about the listening parties is you do find out them little backstories. I mean, the one that sticks with me was is the one that um that Bonehead says about I think it was the I can't remember if it was definitely maybe or what's the story. I know Keel correct me on this, but it was about the album artwork and Liam just wanted it to be a knife in some butter. And it was like Yeah. It was a definitely maybe. Uh, Brian Cannon obviously was is, has been getting involved with him as well because he did a lot of the Oasis artwork. My hero. And he said Liam's idea. Yeah, Liam's idea. He, he shared a picture of it. If you look for Brian Cannon um, yeah, on the Twitter, I think it's Microdot Creative. Um, dig it out. It was literally just the Oasis logo and a knife stuck in some a block of butter, basically. <laughs> and it's and it's things that I, uh, now we've we've gone on to Oasis. We'll talk about one of the one of the members of Oasis. Uh, very very much so and that's liam gallagher as you remember who was the lead singer of oasis and he's he's out and about he's active on twitter as ever with uh you know with his iron fist and it's and it's fantastic um and he's bringing out a new live album which has been released on cd regular vinyl and the splatter vinyl which i'm really gutted that you managed to pre-order key and i've not uh and uh sorry <laughs> yeah uh, and let, let's just let's just talk about his MTV Unplugged album at Hull City, which he uh, which he did on the third of August last year. Key, I'm going to come to you because you've been fortunate enough to uh, pre-order the the vinyl. So really, yeah, I mean um, MTV Unplugged. I didn't realise it was when I was you know researching this. It's quite a prestigious thing. I think like some big artists have done it. It's, and it's basically and he does a gig. Uh, well, he did a gig in in Hull, and um, and basically MTV film it. Uh, but then, you know, all the footage and the audio gets, you know, merchandised up, and you can and you can pre-order it and stuff. Um, and and I pre-ordered it firstly because the splatter vinyl is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. I think. It's just um, and and two and two the the track list um, is just ridiculous. Um, but it, basically, the, the, there's ten tracks, so you know, five tracks on side A and, and five tracks on side B. Um, that's not the full set list. I think he did um, maybe four to six more songs on the set list. Um, but they've cherry picked, you know, the sort of best ones. Um, Don't you go through me? I've got a mix in me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, 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 sorry, I'll just get in the notes up as, as I was ready to uh, read for it. Yeah, but it's a, it starts off with Wall of Glass. Obviously, his, his lead single from his first uh, solo album, As You Were. And then uh, some might say, cover of Oasis, some might say from uh, Morning Glory. Uh, what's sorry, Morning Glory. Uh, now that I found you, which is from his second album, um, Why Me, Why Not. One of us also from Why Me, Why Not. And then the, this, sec- this, this section is probably what, what sold me on getting it. Um, it's Stand By Me from Be Here Now, Sad Song, uh, Cast No Shadow from What's a Story, Morning Glory, uh, Once, which is obviously his acoustic number from Why Me, Why Not, uh, Gone, which is, you know, I, I think it's one of the lesser spotted tunes on Why Me, Why Not. It's a brilliant... Uh, tune and this is one of the tunes that's been sectioned out for uh, the live video. I think I, when I get my vinyl, I think I'm going to get a copy of the live video. I've gone, I'm not entirely sure, but you can watch it on YouTube it, it, and stuff. I think and it's really, really good. Nice, nice rendition with uh, a string section and stuff like that. And then it it's wrapped up with my all-time favorite tune, which is Champagne Supernova. Um, so yeah, just get on that. And it's available for pre-order. Well, it was because it now sold out. I don't know if they'll. Um, there's a little you thing know, that said you can bring, drop in a, your, bring in another batch. They said that you can drop your email uh, in and they'll let you know when when the back in stock. So I might, I'm tempted to do that. Yeah, as if everybody nods, like, yeah, let's uh, do that. 
let's do that, yeah. But it was, it was, it's meant to be released on Friday, the twelfth of June, which Jay, who's probably sobbing right now, that was meant to be the Heaton Park when he was meant to play Heaton Park. Um, so uh, bittersweet, really, that one for Jay. No, it is, it is good. I've I've listened to a couple. I'm I'm going to bring it back to sad song because I had a discussion with my friend about this, and he said that the Liam Gallagher rendition was better than the Noel rendition. Mm-hmm. And I was very much inclined to disagree. Jay's nodding. Jay, I'm going to come to you on this. Why Why do you think that uh, the sad song by, the rendition by Liam is better than the Noel? Um, I just prefer Liam singing over Noel, so... I mean, that's, the, that, that's a very short, you know, the, you know, the up and down of it sometimes. Simple as that, to be fair. I just prefer his style of singing, and I prefer him as an artist. Even though I love them both, don't get me wrong, I love them both. So I'm going to have more of an incline to lean more towards what he does. And prefer that. See, see. so I've just got up the, the text conversation that I had between my mate. Uh, so it's between me and Sam. You'll you'll know who I mean. Key and uh, Jay joined us at Liam Gallagher last year. And he, sa- and he said, in my opinion, this song suits Liam Gallagher better than Noel. And I, I replied in two words, no chance. And then I went on to say, uh, Noel sings it better. He's far more gentle, and I think he suits the softer ballads. Um, and then he said that Liam, uh, that Liam Gallagher adds a little bit, something different, maybe maybe more raw emotion to him. Uh, don't know if Elsa, you've listened to Sad Song by uh, by Liam Gallagher, Liam Gallagher's version. If you've if you've got an opinion on it at all, I'm always very torn between the pair of them, and I can never decide which one is my favourite or which one I prefer. Um, usually it probably depends who's had the best Twitter banter on that day or something like that. Repeat <laughs> each other all the time. But I don't know. I can't, I can't decide with stuff like that, especially if they've both got their own version. Both yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I just find it hard, especially when they've both done it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, it, it like like Key mentioned in the last uh, episode of the podcast, it, it is a game of opinions. Uh, most of the time, and you, you know, like I said, I I just prefer Noel singing them slightly softer ballads. I mean, you look at Talk Tonight, um, and now the rest of them have just wiped his shot out of my head at the time when I need them the most. Um, things like um, you know, Dead in the Water, which was off his um, uh, Who Built the Moon uh, third out uh, third studio album with the High Flying Birds. I think he suits them slightly softer songs, but. Like I, I can see where Sam's coming from. You know, he has got the the raw emotion. Liam does have the raw emotion, and you know, and maybe the gruffness in his voice really kind of adds that that extra edge to it. But acoustic acoustic sessions are good because I I think they are far more emotional an acoustic session. And uh, bringing us on to the next point quite nicely. And Key, I'm going to come back to you on this because it was you that pointed me uh, in in the direction of this, and it was Circuit Circuit Wave Sad Happier the Box Room Recordings EP. So I just want you to give a little bit of an overview on that for us. Yeah, so this sort of this was a nice surprise, wasn't it? Sort of dropped out of the sky. Um, I thought we we would have seen the last of Sad Happy mentions after we broke it down and analysed it in our encore podcast a couple of weeks ago, but then this just appeared on Twitter. Uh, so the the, the Cirque Waves lead singer uh, who's called Kieran, you know, speaks That's for itself. That's the only it? reason you want uh, to talk about this is because he's also called. <laughs> 
Uh, Kieran Shudal, Shudal, don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah, he's called Kieran, so that's the main point. Um, so basically, he released this five-track EP, which was sadder, happier, the box room recordings, um, and it's basically uh, made, it's made up of tracks of versions of songs that didn't make it onto the sad happy track list. Um, so there's an acoustic version of Sad Happy, which you know was the is the first track on the uh, second disc of that album, but the acoustic version. Um, and then there's Gun in My Hand, The Only One Who Lets Me In, Sugar Side, and Antisocial Society. Um, just listening to them, it's, um, they're, they're all quite emotional songs, and I think me and you, Rob, will, will probably go deeper into that on the Encore episode in a couple of weeks, because um, he did an, enemy, an interview with Enemy, and he said he wrote a lot of these tunes when he was going through like quite an emotional time. Um, and, 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 the, and the lyrics in... in most of them are, are pretty dark, to be honest. But I, the, the main point I want to say is the sad, happy acoustic version. Like, I might regret saying this, but I think I prefer it to the actual version that's on the album because uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's a bold, it's a bold comment. Um, you know, like we've been saying, it is, it is a game of opinions. I don't know if anybody else has listened to it. If J.R. Ailes has listened to the 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 box room recordings, I, if I'm honest, Kay, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I think. Uh, Sad happier is a little bit better. Or even if if, if they've not listened to you know the box room recordings, if they have an opinion on Circle Waves or, or or even just you know people releasing unheard tracks, it seems to be a, a bit of a common theme, doesn't it? Especially during this lockdown period. Whoever wants to chip in first on that, anything that they've got. So it's a, so it looks like it's been passed over to you by Jane. <laughs> How very gentlemanly. That's a... <laughs> oh no, it's fine. Um... I have had a listen to the box room recordings that they've done and I had to write it down because I knew I'd forget. Um, is it Sugar Side? I really like that song. Yeah, Sugar Side is one of the songs um, that is. Yeah, Sugar really Side, yeah. yeah. And um, I've always liked Circle Wave, Waves as well. Uh, the song T-shirt, weather just reminds me of Warehouse Tuesdays in Preston, being back at uni. <laughs> like so, what, an, what a nightclub that is, by the way. Warehouse <laughs> Glory days. Warehouse Tuesdays. <laughs> Take me back. That's something we've all got in common. We've all probably done a warehouse Tuesday in this podcast. Yeah. Yes, you have, Jay. Don't shake your head. You live in there. I would never do such a thing like that, of course. You live in there. In bed by 10 o'clock every night, I'll have you know. Is that from the following night out? Yes. yes <laughs> Normally at warehouse Tuesday. But going back to it, I haven't... Well, to be fair, before this podcast, I never listened to a single Circle Wave song. Like at all, I've heard of them, just never listened to them until Key talked about Sad Happy. So I thought I'd give that a listen, and now I love them. So I haven't listened to the the name forgotten me, but what you've been talking about, uh, Sugar Side, prob- it's called Sugar Side. Yeah, Sad prob- Happy. The first thing I do is probably listen to that as soon as we stop recording here, just because it's like I always think releasing more music like artists, but in, even in trying times like this, I think it's just great then more people have more music to listen to and at the end of the day that's what we all want and plus it helps more conversations talking about music which this whole podcast is about so that helps us as well yeah it does make this podcast easier when people keep bringing out music i mean that that is <laughs> a lot easier i mean one thing we have had to battle with though um with with the current pandemic and and uh we've mentioned it before we've lost glastonbury this year We've lost uh, Liam Gallagher at Heaton Park this year. Yes, Jay, you're right. And there's more cancellations. I feel like I'm, I'm just such a bearer of bad news now. One that I wanted to talk about, Kieran, 
because we should have been there yesterday was the killers yeah. at Old Trafford. Just got wrenching. Yeah. Um... And look at the weather that we had yesterday as well. How good that would have been. A few drinks in Manchester before going over to Old Trafford. It really it really is, you know, what, what time is built for. Well, yeah, I mean, yesterday we should have been at the killers. Um, I, I mean, it's been such a traumatic week, so yesterday should have been at the killers, shouldn't we? And then the week before, I should have been watching Ian Brown and several other brilliant bands at Neighbourhood Weekender. So what a crushing week it's been, uh, personally, to be honest with you. Um, and, and Neighbourhood have announced that it's not going to be going ahead in September and it will be getting pushed back to Bank Holiday Weekend in May next year. Oh. Yeah, um, obviously gutted about that, but I think the weather will be better next bank holiday May than it will be in September. So if it's it slight, a slight it positive. Now, if it chucks it down now next May, it's all on your head, Kieran. <laughs> well, it'd just be typical, wouldn't it, to be honest with you? Um, but yeah, it, it, it's been, uh, like you said, it's been a killer, hasn't it, really? Um, music's great, like releasing music, listening to it, brilliant, but... For me, there's nothing like going to the real thing, going to a live. I miss gigs so much. I was watching videos yesterday of uh, stuff that I took. I mean, that's another debate as well, vid, filming stuff at gigs. I, I would just like to clarify that I do not stand there with my phone out for every single song. I only re- film a select song if I want to. But again, that's a completely other debate, isn't it? Um, that's that for yeah, episode th- five. Yeah, we'll do that next time. <laughs> um, but yeah, just the stuff that's been, been cancelled over the last, well, between yeah, a couple of weeks, things they've just been dropping like flies. To be honest with you, um, Reading and Leeds transmit, um, and uh, I don't know much about this festival, but for the for the sake of a bit of musical diversity, Creamfields as well, which is obviously a dance dance music festival, it takes place on the same weekend as, as Leeds, I think, and on the on the last on the bank yeah, holiday at the end of August. Bank, bank holiday August, it takes takes place. Yeah, so that's that's three, you know popular music festivals just dropped off the face of the earth um and just a, just a few northwest artists really were meant to be playing you know those gigs and uh, liam gallagher was meant to be headlining reading and leeds and transmit cortinas were headlining transmit um, and they were high up the bill at reading and leeds as well um and and ian brown was quite high up the bill at, at transmit too so um yeah disappointing for all those people who had tickets i don't know if anyone did in 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 here the only um, one that I silver lining is that we'd, uh, we'd we'd mentioned was um uh neighborhood weekend i was looking at getting a ticket for that in september because it was supposed to be the 4th and 5th of september and i would have been free that weekend but if it's been pushed back to may next year maybe maybe i'll grace the fields of warrington <laughs> yeah i mean the silver lining is uh, like you said you, you you're on the topic of tickets uh, the silver line is people can you know roll over the tickets the next year and I think that's been the case with every single cancelled gig or festival or tour that you can you can get refunded or you can roll over your tickets. So happy days, I suppose. Just got to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah, just that little bit longer. And once we're once we're out of it, I'm sure sure it'll all be good and it'll all be sweet when we're all back in the festivals, in the mud, and enjoying music. Uh, we are going to bring it on to one of our first features uh we've got three lined up for you um to take us towards the end of the podcast and i'm going to come back to key because we've not heard him enough yet uh key it's your local focus section yeah so um this is obviously where we you know look at local music does what it says on the tin um 
uh, Wigan-based music, that is, um, for people who, you know, if you don't know from Wigan by now, then doing something wrong. But well, Only two of, only uh, two yeah. of us are. One of us is in Stockport, and our, and our guest is from uh, further northwest than, than me, than, than the rest of us, so, you know. <laughs> Good old Cumbria. Good old Cumbria. Um, but again, I, I mentioned it pre, just briefly previously, for a bit of musical diversity, this is a different uh, local focus uh, this week. Um, so I chatted to a, a mate of mine, um, Frankie Barron. I used to work with him at Sainsbury's. That's how I met him when I was a part-timer at Sainsbury's and I was at uni. He's a bit younger than me. Trolley um, pushing. And he, he, when I was trolley pushing, he used to come in and he was on the tills. He used to have a chat about music because he loves his music. He, he, he's actually um, a big, big indie music fan. Um, he told me a story once that him and his, his mate, someone in his mate's family had a caravan in Landudno and, um, or Clan Dudno, if you're Welsh. Um, and, uh, the Kasabian played a, like a pre, a mini pre-tour, um, when they toured, um, bloody hell, it escapes me, uh, for crying out loud, when they did, before yeah. the big arena tour they did, they did like a pre-tour in small venues and they played a really small venue in Landudno and all his mates went up to this gig in Landudno and watched Kasabian and, uh, stayed in his mate's family's caravan. So, uh, he's a big, big indie music fan, but this is, this is about his love for, uh, dance music really. Um, and he and, and he's a dance DJ for this uh, collective called uh, Dance Without Issues. Um, and what they do is uh, he, he goes to university in Leeds and they play clubs and events around Leeds and that sort of area with um, a few of his mates who are also resident DJs for for this collective. Um, but obviously with um, with no clubs open, no events taking place, they've had to you know like everybody else move it online. So they've been doing. Uh, Facebook Live uh, DJ sets, um, just to boost morale, really. And, and Frankie, uh, he initially got involved because he, he he got into you know uh, DJing, and then he played a set. And the sort of head guy of Dance Without Issues spotted him and asked him, did he want to become a resident? And sort of never looked back from there. So a uh, bit bit of a different vibe because obviously I, I appreciate we're quite indie and and rock heavy on this podcast because you know that's that's what the majority of us are into. Um, but yeah, so it's something a little bit different, and I, you can read my interview slash article with Frankie on our website, um, WN35Music, um, and you can also find it on our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, we have got a, an article on that, and it's well well worth a read uh, uh, for, uh, that Kieran's taking the time to write up on that, and it is uh, thoroughly enjoyable as well. Um, I'm going to I'm not actually going to talk about anything in the local focus today. I've got nothing for you. Sorry. <laughs> I apologise. Jay, have you got anything for local focus? You're throwing your arms around there. Uh, we've already covered the only thing I talk about on this podcast, Blossom, <laughs> so I'm fine. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to bring it on to our second feature, which is our music story, which um, means coming back to our fabulous guest who's taken the time to join us today. And again, thank you, Elsa, for taking your time out of your your morning and now afternoon to 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 speak to us and this is kind of um a music story it's about how you kind of got into the music scene and how you you know what kind of your first love was for music did your parents influence at all really it's just kind of if you can remember the first song you listened to right up to how you you've ended up listening to what you do now really so i kind of hand it over to you and just we'll, we'll sit back and we'll we'll listen to the listen to the story all right then, I have had to write it down because there's too many different things that 
I thought, oh, I need to mention that, and I can't forget this. But basically, I think my first memory and the first CD I ever bought with my pocket money, you're probably going to laugh, was probably like the Sugar Babe or something like that. I can't laugh because... <laughs> On mine, I admitted that the first CD that I bought was an 80s electronic band called Erasure, so Sugar Baby <laughs> is a big step up. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I really, yeah, that was the first CD I have a proper clear memory of going into HMV, counting how much, how many pound coins I had in like my little purse and going and buying it. But anyway, my sort of more journey to slightly a more well musical education I have to say mainly comes from my mum and dad they used to play Green Day in the car and cough over the swear words like <laughs> and they played American Idiot in the car all the time and always insisted coughing over the swear words but they also always had employment by the Kaiser Chiefs in the car as well because my dad's a Leeds fan, the Kaiser Chiefs are a Leeds fan, so it just went hand in hand. It was always in the car, there was no question about it. And yeah, my mum and dad proper moulded what I listen, listen to now, really. We always listen to the Smiths, uh, the Stone Roses. Um, my dad loves Billy Bragg as well. And my best mate, Heather, also played a huge part for me as well. Like She introduced me to, she basically triggered the emo phase. She introduced me to like My Chemical <laughs> Romance, Paramore, um, the Foo Fighters, Muse, like everything like that. It would I would still happily sit and listen to now, but maybe just not on a regular basis. Um, she she introduced me to like Maximo Park as well and Arctic Monkeys, and I do genuinely believe my music taste, without sounding big-headed, wouldn't be as good as what it is now if I wasn't so close friends with her. Like, she's still and always will be the go-to gig partner for me. Um, my first ever gig was pulled apart by horses in Whitehaven Civic Hall. There was about 30 people there. Um, I can remember thinking, oh, my God, they're so loud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, why is it so loud? Like, why are they screaming down the microphone? And, like, it was just such a weird completely new experience for me but then like then I carried on listening to sort of like the Arctic Monkeys Maximum Park and stuff and then I think I was in sixth form at school and um when MTV Rocks used to be a TV channel I don't know whether it still is or not um I was on it one day and Lose Control by the Cortinas came on and I was like they sound all right I'll listen to them and I just sort of delved into the archive, found St. Jude, and that just snowballed from there, really. And I've, I haven't stopped listening to them since. I saw them for the first time about two years ago in Liverpool, and they headlined Sunday night at Kendall Corning last year, and that was brilliant. Yeah, we got absolutely soaked on the Sunday, and then it stopped raining for them coming on, which was just some, like some sort of godly act or something like that. But, yeah... Um, that's basically my music journey. Basically, my mum and dad started me off well, and it's just snowballed from there. <laughs> no, that 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 is a a good music journey. I think that's kind of quite similar to the other two that we've done as well. I know mine mine was similar where it starts with starts with your parents and then and snowballs from from there. And you mentioned a good point as well about 
you know having that friend who's your go-to gig partner and your go-to person who's who's got new music and and, and myself and uh, key and i have, have mentioned uh i mentioned it a few times there's, there's bands that we've kind of passed around between each other and the yeah. same with the same with jay as well he's like we, we all have passed around their music bands and i think that's uh it's, it's really good to have uh so no thank you very much elsa for your uh your music story and you ended quite nicely there on the cortinas because and key it's your turn this week it is on to our feature finish which is our third and final feature in in the podcast and um it, it's going to wrap up the podcast quite nicely so each time we do a podcast we've got a feature finish where we compile a 10 song super album i've done Noel gallagher which was technically 11 songs that the other two like to point out uh, Jay did The Blossoms and I've done New Order, which I did keep to 10 songs this time. But this time, Kieran, it's you and it's the Cortinas and it's your super album. Yeah, well, just touching on what you said, Elsa uh, finished nice on the Cortinas. You, you, you can't write things like that, can you? Just what, what, what a natural turn of events that was. Um, and that wasn't scripted, actually. Um, so that's just a nice uh, OCD uh, satisfying moment, if you like. Um, yeah, this is gonna. This might upset a few people, um, and I know we've got Cortinas fans in in right now. So, um, if you don't agree with me, I'm sorry. It's just it's just business. It is one and of the hardest they, things, um, by the way, to do is this get ten songs from a back catalogue of six albums and just sitting there going, "What do I ask?" Yeah, so I had to make an executive decision that it's gonna be just songs from the six studio albums no b-sides which is gutting because smith's disco would get on there every day of the week usually but i had, I had to start narrowing it down from somewhere um and this 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 might upset rob actually um and this i've nothing against it i actually really like it but rob there isn't a single song off anna i'm sorry i can't i can't um, believe that first first of all it's bold i know it's it's bold but Work, work with me on this. Just, just work with me. Um, I don't think I can so, anymore. I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do, um, and I picked a format as well. So, um, when when they released More Again Forever, Liam Frey did a uh, track by track with Radio X, and, and I sat there for the whole hour and whatever it was, listening to Liam Frey talk about these songs because I'm an absolute nerd. And he <laughs> said when they were putting together, when they, when they were putting together More Again Forever, it's obviously ten tracks. He wanted to, he wanted to set up the track list so it was like a, a va- like vinyl style so there'd be side a and side yeah. b and what he wanted was like side a you know start heavy and then it would you know sort of drift into you know the softer songs and then when you when you would then flip over the vinyl it would start heavy again do, do, do you know what i mean so yeah the, the what, it, what it does on morgan forever is hanging off your cloud is the fifth song and that's like a really somber song but then you flip the um vinyl over and the first song on the other side is previous parties which is just a banger really it's some uh, it, liam frey said that somebody described it as de la salle on speed so <laughs> de la salle is off ma- mapping the rendezvous <laughs> yeah honestly and the reason they made that comparison is because de, de la salle off mapping the rendezvous was if you listen to the lyrics it's all about historic sort of people yeah. um and then previous parties does the same but it's just like sped up basically and a lot more heavier and that kind of thing so yeah somebody described it as de la salle on speed which is good 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 comparison really see all i can think um, of is de la salle in salford when you say that and de la salle probably... salford on speed would be a dangerous place <laughs> <laughs> um 
It's about the De La Salle brothers, I think. I can't remember. The anyway, we, we digress. Um, so that's how I'm going to I'm gonna lay it out, similar style. Um, and then to start off, I, the, the one song I'd like to apologise to from Anna is Are You In Love With A Notion? Because I know a lot of... Because they start the sets with that, and I know a lot of people would think that should be your opening tune. But because I'm just such a sucker for tradition, my first tune's going to be the opener. Um, basically, the, that used to be what they started with um, back in the day. Um, it's not as upbeat as um, Are You In Love With An Ocean, but it's I, I loved it. just takes me back to, well, the first time I watched them, which was in Wigan. And like they, they did that, then Cavorton, then Acrylic, and then I was hooked for life, basically. That, that, was, what, that was what got me. Um, and, and speaking of Cavorton, that's actually the second second song on, on on my super album um again it's it's nine times out of ten gigs it'll be played second it just is that's just where it sits and i couldn't leave it out like again that that, that tune just sticks with me for life even if it's just about um people on overdoing drug use basically <laughs> it's not the most uh not the nicest song but it's just such a summer tune like you look out the window today and i just think it, that this is a day that i would play it well, I play the entirety of St. Jude. Um, so, so far, yeah, opener, cavorting. And then number three is my, it's probably arguably my favourite Cortina song. And I had to put it in here because when I did my St. Jude track time, it was my number one song off St. Jude. And it's Bide Your Time. I think it's brilliant. And um, what what got me about Bide Your Time, I always liked it and I always loved listening to it. But I watched them in, uh, I think it was the same gig. You went to Elsa in Liverpool. Um and they played it, and I, and I was um, I mentioned this on track time, and I was seated, I wasn't standing, but I was my seats were literally opposite the stage, and I was only a couple of rows up, so I, could, I was literally just above everybody's heads, so you can see everyone, you know, going nuts and whatever. The the moment that sticks with me is um, there's a bit towards the end where like the lyrics are the girlfriend you left at home sitting in your living room all alone, but there's a bit sort of towards the end before the last chorus, and he like it. He almost like jolts it. So it's like, the girl, friend, you left that home. And I just remember seeing the arena just going nuts. And I was like, that that's one of my favourite moments ever at a Cortina's gig. So that's what sold me on it. I loved it, always loved it. And it was my favourite song, but that was just the icing on the cake. So Bide Your Time is at three. Um, number four is, let me just look. Yeah, it's the only song of Concrete Love what I've picked, which is the fourth studio album. And it's it's... Up there is one of the best songs, like lyrically and emotionally. It's Small Bones, um, beautiful song. Um, just listen to it, and just it'll change your life. Real. <laughs> um, no, seriously, that's all I've got to say about it. The, the lyrics are like you resonate with the lyrics, and it's an emotional song. And you can see now I'm coming because I'm coming up to track five. I'm slowing it down a little bit, so it was like, you know, big star, Small Bones slows it down. Last tune or track five on side A of my super album is um, probably one of the most somber tunes, and I've said it openly, I think it's the best song they've ever written, um, is Hanging Off Your Cloud, emotionally. Um, I know Small Bones, I said Small Bones is an emotional song, but Hanging Off Your Cloud like will reduce you to tears if you're having a bad day, <laughs> basically. But it's beautiful, uh, well-constructed. I love the violins in it, and again, the lyrics are just so relatable. Um, yeah, so, so just to box off side day, it's the opener, cavorting, bide your time, small bones, and hanging off your cloud. So we've slowed it right down. We're flipping it over to side B, just picture it, the vinyl, 
lift your needle, flick it over the side B, plonk the needle back down, and we're back in with a stomp and love from mapping the rendezvous. Now, I sort of, I, I'm not afraid to admit this, I sort of fell out with Cortina's a little bit, sort of between concrete love and the release of mapping the rendezvous, and I never give mapping the rendezvous the appreciation it needed for, for time. But this song changed my opinion on it because it, sort of the hook and the riff and stuff like that just took me back a little bit to the sort of and and, and i've mentioned this before I, I i i always think bands should change and adapt but i fell into the trap a little bit of like oh it'll never be the same because it's not going to be saint jude do you know what i mean but then i listened to this and it, it had essences of those sort of tunes so that then i, I appreciate that appreciate them a lot more so yeah and i apologize for my wobble uh, but that going to carry on the theme of um, big tunes starting off the side. So after Modern Love, it's um, one of my favourites, actually. And I think, I don't know if it divides opinion or not, but it's uh, Take It On The Chin from More Again Forever. Just love it. Again, the lyrics are brill. Um, I'm so uh, happy it, you've got that it, song on there. It's brill, honestly. It's so it, good. It it delves into mental health, doesn't it? That's, yeah. that's what the sort of theme is. It's about people telling you to man up and stuff like that you know, take it on the chin sort of thing. And it's, and, you know, it, Liam Frey's been quite open about, you know, his struggles and stuff. Like when he's coming off tour, the come down of, you know, you're busy every day and you're living, you know, that adrenaline rush of playing. And then you, you go home and then you just sit there with the curtains closed. And, you know, the only way to do it is to speak about it and, you know, get writing again. And, he, you know, he's done several interviews on, on it and I'd, I'd recommend. But yeah, that that's it. That's a quite, it's quite a powerful song when you, when you listen to it. And, and it's a, absolute stomper so that's why it's in there um and then i've brought my rule a little bit because i dip and then i go up again and then i dip with the next three songs so track eight is a wild card um from mapping the rendezvous and again when i said i didn't appreciate it enough this is another song i've come to appreciate and it's uh, pardon my french not swear word actual french i believe it's pronounced the dill the dilettante um really good tune again nice uh, it's a uh quite upbeat and catchy um and the lyrics are uh again you can relate to them and i'll keep saying that but that's what i do in music I, when i listen to a tune i always end up connecting to it somehow because it brings back a memory or it reminds me of a situation that i've been in that kind of thing um so it's a little dip with that but it's a wild card and it's a good tune i'd recommend it um, and then we go up again for second to last, and I had to put it on. Um, like, it's musically, it's not even one of the best songs, is it? Um, but 19 Forever has to go on just because of it's just an anthem. Um, and Liam Frey even said that they've just stopped rehearsing it because it's so easy to play and they've done it to death. But he said, like, they'll get bored of it in the studio, but they play it to a crowd and it's just different level because everyone's just bananas, basically. So that's second to last. And again, I've sort of positioned in that second to last because usually on the set, it's second to last. They'll do that and then they'll do what took you so long. And then number 10, wrapping it up, um, is the 17th, which again, I think is one of the best songs. And you can sort of see my now newfound appreciation for mapping the rendezvous because there's quite a few tunes off it. But the 17th is, again, I think it touches on on mental health and it's, the lyrics are quite strong and it's um starts off slow and then it just builds up to a, a massive crescendo and it's a good way to end the album i think um 
so I appreciate that that might upset a few people, but like I said before, it's a, it's a game of opinions. Uh, my 10 tracks for my Cortina's super album are The Opener, Cavorting, Bide Your Time, Small Bones, Hanging Off Your Cloud, Modern Love, Take It On The Chin, The Dilettante, Not 19 Forever, and The 17th. And just before I wrap up, I just want to make apologies to some songs. Um, I couldn't list them all, I've just picked a selection, but St. Jude's What Took You So Long and No You Didn't, No You Don't, sorry. Falcons Take Over The World and The Rest Of The World Has Gone Home, sorry. Anna's Lose Control, obviously Are You Lovely Notion, which I mentioned earlier, and Van de Graaff. Concrete Loves International and Summer. Mapping the Rendezvous, No One Will Ever Replace Us and Tiptoes, and More Again Forever's Heavy Jacket and Better Man. Um, I can only pick 10, so I just want to say a big, massive sorry. I mean, I have, I have a couple of apologies as well on your behalf. Uh, on your behalf as well. Uh, Cross My Heart and Hope to Fly. Uh, yeah. That made it into my top 10. I mean, I, I said to you when I was in work on Thursday, I think it was, I was I was texting you saying I was trying. I got nine, and I've still got nine, and I've still not filled that last spot. And my other one is uh, Sharks are circling off Anna, which is possibly one of my favourite Um one of my favourite cartoon songs, just because of how well it's put together. But no key, that's been an absolute cracker. As always, you'll um, you'll be able to listen to, um, listen to that album on Spotify. Uh, Jay and Ailsa, I don't know if you've got anything you want to add about the Cortina's super album that Keys just Keys just come up with. Um, just happy that not nineteen for everyone there because that's the only Cortina song I know because I'm on the bandwagon, of course, and the song played. <laughs> but I love that song, so I'm happy that's on there. As it should be. Good, good. Elsa? I wouldn't know where to start, to be honest. I'm quite glad I haven't had to do it, but I might do it this afternoon now and see if we can get it down to 10. It's one of the good challenges. Pick an artist, try and uh, pick your uh, top 10 and make it into a super album. Like we said, it will be on Spotify later today. We'll just wait for Kieran to, to build the album and share it with you. You'll also be able to catch it on our Facebook and on our Twitter page, uh, as well as this podcast, because that is the end of episode four of our podcast. Thank you very much to our guest, Elsa for taking the time out of her day to uh, to join us. And hopefully she'll be back uh, on, a, on a later episode if, if she'll come back. I will, don't worry. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And Jay, thank you very much for joining us again and being up on time. It's been a pleasure, as always, of course. And we'll leave you to go back to bed now for the the rest of the three hours of your night's sleep. And Key, uh, absolute pleasure to be alongside you again. Yep, really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks everyone again. Thanks, uh, Elsa, for coming on. Uh, do share share your Cortina Super album with us if you actually ever get round to finding ten tracks. <laughs> well, I'll share it. Don't worry. But thank you very much uh, to to all of you. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you very much for listening. And like I said, you can catch up with this episode on Facebook and Twitter and on Spotify, we have been WN35 Music.